Things are getting exciting in the Delphi case. Who will represent Richard Allen and who will be the judge? Brian Koberger loses his request. The killer yoga instructor trial update. The Moscow mule mom loses her motion to dismiss. Rex Heuerman may have more troubles and it doesn't involve dead bodies. I just never got around to telling the truth to anyone over the last three years. And then finally, our dumb criminal of the day. Let's talk about it. Good day, everyone. My name is Scott Reich, and this is Crime Talk. Thanks for joining us. You know the drill. Subscribe if you haven't. Like if you do. Leave me a comment below. And remember, you can listen to us anytime on any of your favorite podcasting apps. And since we are out of probation status on all of the sites, guess what? Hit that little bell so you receive notifications of when we go live or put up new content. All right, let's go ahead and open the record for November 6, 2023. And first on the docket, we have the case of Richard Allen, the accused Delphi murderer. And things are getting a little spicy there indeed. So the attorneys for Richard Allen, or I guess you'd say former attorneys, have filed another brief with the Indiana Supreme Court asking them to now throw the judge off the case, just like they were thrown off the case. The writ of mandamus was filed by two attorneys not directly affiliated with the case against Richard Allen, and they're alleging that Judge Fran Gull had ruled against Allen's constitutional rights and that she should be replaced as the judge. Now, the defense team is citing Allen's right to a speedy trial under Indiana law. Now, as you may recall, Judge Gall took over and replaced the original judge to bring stability after a highly publicized arrest of the suspected killer five and a half years after the bodies of Abby Williams and Libby German were found dead of stab wounds uh, in a wooded area near the Monon High Bridge outside of Delphi, Indiana. The original defense team uh, ran into conflict with Judge Gull with what they admitted was a zealous defense and a couple of inadvertent evidence leaks, as they described them, that were confirmed in late September. Well, the September leak included crime scene photographs to social media posters and reportedly led to one leaker's suicide. Now, Judge Gull said she found the attorneys to be grossly negligent and ordered their removal from the case after a televised October hearing. Now, another attorney has petitioned the Supreme Court to reinstate the former court-appointed defense team. They stated, in order to protect Allen's constitutional right to a speedy trial, the high court should replace Judge Gall for her alleged prejudice and bias towards Allen and release the transcript of the closed-door meeting with the judge and the previous attorneys. Now, the meeting in Fort Wayne was where the judge reportedly threatened to ruin the attorney's professional reputation by detailing what she believed was gross negligence in open court. So either withdraw, basically resign, or I'm going to embarrass you. The judge also set a new trial date in the case after appointing a new uh, defense attorneys, a guy by the name of Robert Scremin, S-C-R-E-M-I-N, and William Labrato. Now, the attorneys already filed the brief with the Indiana Supreme Court, to question Judge Gull's oversight of the case, claiming she violated the public access by keeping several filings secret. And just as recently as this weekend, Judge Gull asked the Indiana Supreme Court to grant her more time to file a response to the petition filed by the defense attorneys. 
The new date was granted until November 16th. So there you go. I told you early on, this is weird, okay? The sideshow has become the circus. Now, the defense attorneys definitely got very creative and were very zealous in their defense of Richard Allen. A lot of people, particularly the prosecution and the police, were quite offended by the attacks that took place in their briefing. And as you may recall, we read it. We did a live show. We read nearly all of it, I guess I should say, uh, to you so there'd be no misunderstanding. It was pretty detailed, and they go after the police and the prosecutors pretty hard. Judge didn't like that. Okay, there was a leak. Okay, get that. Uh, there's a saying, there's a remedy for that. It's called sanctions against the attorney. But to kick them off, to say that there's a, a conflict so great that they can't remain on the case, I've never seen anything like that before. We'll see if they get much relief. I'm not sure what's going to happen, to be honest with you, on this one, because I've never seen anything like this happen before. So hold tight. It's going to get good. Next, Brian Koberger loses his request in court. Well, Scott, what request are you talking about? He's asked for a lot of stuff. In fact, he's actually won a couple of them, right? He's getting all that genetic DNA stuff turned over. But what did Brian Koberger want the least in the courtroom? Cameras. And guess what? He has lost his bid to ban cameras in the courtroom. Now, the judge did say he's going to allow cameras, but issued quite a warning stating that he is going to have more control over what is being filmed during the process. Now, Judge John Judge made the announcement last Friday uh, during one of the hearings, and he expects uh, the media and spectators in the courtroom, and he's urged them to be patient and to have some dignity and restraint. He says, I'm not going to ban cameras in the courtroom, but I need to have more control over what the cameras are doing and what media or people who are not media are doing with the filming, the judge said. Now, both the prosecution and the defense, okay, the prosecution joined in the defense request to ban cameras in the courtroom. You know my position. I think cameras in the courtroom are the best thing ever. It helps everyone to see how the judicial system is working. Are the prosecutors fair? Are the defense attorneys competent? Is the judge competent? Was it a fair trial? It's good for everybody. So the judge did note that uh, this move created a conundrum as the court must balance the public interest's First Amendment rights and Koberger's Sixth and Fourteenth Amendment right to a fair trial. As I stated, uh, his attorneys have previously argued the cameras could jeopardize the fairness and privacy of the trial. Prosecutors have cited their own concerns about cameras during the testimony due to the young and vulnerable witnesses. Hmm. I find that a little disingenuous on the prosecution side. I think they just don't want the cameras there at all. Now, the judge reiterated that he would um, punish anyone who violates the rules, which could include taking away laptops, phones, or being banned from the courtroom. Now, some of these rules have been uh, violated in some of the other hearings, and he felt obligated to put a stop to that. Now, the judge said that he would consider excluding camera coverage of some sensitive witnesses' testimony as requested by the prosecutors. He also said that the photographers in the hearing are not to focus on tabletops where lawyers place their notes 
and are not to focus continually on the defendant. I think that sounds fair. Focus on what is taking place on the witness stand, the judge, and the podium where the attorneys are asking the questions or making their argument. We'll wait for the final order, but at least we have an indication from the bench. We're going to have cameras in the Koberger trial. We just need to get a trial date. Next, the yoga instructor love triangle trial continues. That's right. Kaylin Armstrong, the yoga teacher who allegedly gunned down the uh, cyclist Anna Mariah, also known as Mo Wilson, and then fled the country, is now in trial in Texas, charged with the murder. While Miss Armstrong's ex-boyfriend, Colin Strickland, took the stand for the second day on Monday and testified about their tumultuous relationship. Prosecutors have alleged that Miss Armstrong's targeted Wilson because they were involved in a love triangle with Mr. Strickland. Prosecutors suggested that Miss um, Armstrong had blocked Wilson's contact on Mr. Strickland's phone without his knowledge. He later saved Wilson as Christine Wall to avoid conf confrontations with Miss Armstrong, he stated in court under oath. Now, Miss Armstrong's jealously escalated, and she even told Mr. Strickland to send her love to Mo after he posted an Instagram video with Wilson in the background. Mr. Wilson said he felt extremely, uh, felt extremely passive aggressive. Now, Wilson, a competitive gravel and mountain bike racer, was uh, shot uh, dead at her friend's home back in May of 2022. Her bike was uh, found in the middle of, a, middle of bamboo near the apartment with DNA highly likely from Armstrong, according to the prosecutors. Then Ms. Armstrong fled the country and was on the run for some 43 days before being captured and charged with murder ultimately apprehended in Costa Rica. Love triangles, ladies and gentlemen. Have you, are, are you starting to notice a trend? Are you starting to notice a trend? That's right. It all starts out as fun and games. And then somebody falls in love. And then it turns ugly. We're going to have to add that to an undeniable truth from life of a criminal defense attorney. Those little love triangles never work. You can't have a triangle. you got to have just two. Just two. Triangle doesn't work. Starting to notice a trend? I do. A judge in Utah denied a motion to dismiss murder charges against Corey Richens. That's right, the Utah mom accused of poisoning her husband and writing a children's book about her grief after her husband died. That's right. Now, Richens is accused of lacing a Moscow mule drink she made for Eric Richens with five times the lethal amount of fentanyl in March of 2022. Her attorneys argued that the prosecution had irreparably harmed Miss Richens' right to a fair trial when they accused her of witness tampering in a letter dubbed the Walk the Dog Letter. And this was the letter found in her jail cell. Prosecutors said Richens engaged in witness tampering involving her brother, seeking to have her brother support a false factual narrative in connection with her husband's death in the letter directing her mother to tell her brother what to say. But Richens said it wasn't a letter at all, but part of another fictional mystery book that she was writing. Court simply wasn't persuaded that the conduct of the Summit County Attorney's Office violates the rule of law, the judge noted, and the court is confident that it can preside over a sufficient voir dire process to ensure that Miss Richens faces a fair trial. I can tell you, oftentimes you get asked quite frequently, why don't you just file a motion to dismiss for lack of evidence or the defense witness is a liar? Well, that's not the case. 
you have to do something egregious for the court to be able to even have the ability to grant a motion to suppress. Here they're saying as a legal argument, the release of the letter violated her right to a fair trial, basically by tainting the jury pool saying, look, she's trying to tamper with witnesses. She must be guilty. Well, that is up to the jury to decide. And if the people already have formed that opinion, the potential people that are going to be on the jury have already formed that opinion, then they're not going to be on the jury. It's that simple. So anyway, motion to dismiss denied. Didn't think it was going to have much hope at all, but let's have the trial move along. Next on the docket, Rex Hurman has some more problems. And guess what? It doesn't even involve dead bodies. That's right. A judge in the uh, Rex Huberman matter has ruled that the nearly 300 firearms seized from the home of the Long Island serial killer suspect Rex Huberman can be transferred to Nassau counties as the authorities there where he lives were considering filing gun charges against Mr. Huberman. Now, Mr. Huberman was obviously arrested, as we've talked about many times, on July 13th and charged with the murder of three women found dead on the Gilgo Beach more than a decade ago. He is the suspect in the death of a fourth woman, and investigators say they are looking to see if there's any connection between the Manhattan architect and multiple other deaths on Long Island and any other places that he maybe owned property, which includes South Carolina, and he had that timeshare in Las Vegas. Now, during a lengthy search of his Massapequa Park home after his arrest, investigators found more than 280 firearms and that at least 41 of them included 26 handguns and 15 weapons of mass destruction. And apparently they were not registered, probably the greatest crime of all in some states. Anyway, investigators also seized 10 illegal high-capacity magazines. Now, of course, this is somewhat a sideshow because why Rex Hureman is not accused of shooting anybody, he's accused of strangling people. Anyway, prosecutors said that the proper jurisdiction for the gun charges would be in Nassau County, where Hureman's uh, home was located. And many of the guns seized from the Hureman's home were collector's items. Authorities also seized boxes of ammunition, gunpowder, survivalist gear, court records detailed in their filings. Now, the attorneys for Hureman's wife uh, say they're opposed to the transfer. Why? Because it's always about the money. Hureman's wife's attorney contend the collection should be considered marital assets and therefore need to be sold and distributed through the divorce proceedings. It's always about the money, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, frankly, the last of uh, Mr. Hureman's legal trouble at all. Nobody asked. Nobody asked the entire time I was sitting in custody. That's right. The uh, Florida dentist uh, testified that uh, he is the victim of an extortion and not the director of a murder-for-hire plot that killed his sister's ex-husband, Charles Adelson. And I should note, guilty. The jury came back in less than three hours. They didn't believe his testimony, and he said that he never mentioned the extortion before because no one ever asked him. So let's just get this straight. You're in custody. You got what you think is a, a duress defense because you're going to be extorted. And you never bother to authorize your attorneys to go tell the prosecutor that so you could get out of this big mess? No. Let's, let's continue on. Now, prosecutors obviously allege that uh, he uh, hired his former lover, Catherine, 
Magbuano to kill the Florida State University law professor Dan Markle after his sister, Wendy Adelson, lost a bitter custody battle. Now, the girlfriend subsequently hired Sigfredo Garcia, her former lover, who is the father of her children, and his friend Luis Rivera to carry out the hit. Now, Garcia was convicted of first-degree murder in 2019 and is serving a life sentence. Rivera pled guilty to second-degree murder and received a 19-year sentence in exchange for testifying against Magbuana and Garcia. Now, Magbuana, the girlfriend, was convicted in July and sentenced to life in prison. Now, Adelson said uh, last week when he testified that he knew Magbuana, Garcia, and Rivera were all involved in Markle's death, but he feared his life was in danger So he didn't say anything. Markle was uh, shot to death while sitting in his car outside of his Tallahassee home. And after the slaying, Adelson said the girlfriend came to his house and told him her friends had killed the professor and he needed to give her $300,000 within 48 hours or they'd kill him too. Well, on Friday, prosecutors noted that Mr. Adelson gave the girlfriend $138,000 and arranged some kind of layaway plan for the rest of the money. They spent the night together, as the prosecutors noted, and uh, that Adelson put her own dentistry payroll and gave her expensive gifts. The prosecutor asked, do extortionists send a girlfriend of the victim to collect their extortion money? Is that the way it's done? The uh, prosecutor asked somewhat sarcastically. Um, The prosecutor presented evidence that she and Adelson continued to have a relationship for months after the murder and told her, He loved her repeatedly in text. Adelson said he thought she was uh, protecting him from her friends. So for three years, she was in the Leon County Jail waiting trial, and you believed that she was innocent, and you had this whole explanation to assist her that would exonerate her? Well, Mr. Adelson said, I had the truth of what happened. DA said, you didn't offer the truth to what happened, did you? And he said, well, nobody came to me. I thought the truth would come out, he replied. Asked if he felt bad about not letting uh, Markle's parents know the truth about what happened to their son, Adelson said, I feel a sense of relief that I was able to tell everyone what finally happened. Yesterday, almost 10 years later, the prosecutor noted. That's right. Well, Mr. Adelson, you should have waited a little longer with that story because it was not persuasive. And now you're found guilty. Finally, our dumb criminal of the day. A uh, young New Jersey uh, school custodian used bleach and personal bodily fluids to contaminate food products and utensils intended for elementary school students, police allege. Giovanni Impazeri is facing multiple felony counts after allegedly recording himself performing, let's just say, sexual acts with some items from the school. Well, our dumb criminal uh, posted extremely disturbing videos to Telegram prompting several tips to be sent to officials at the school. As uh, detailed and outlined in the uh, probable cause affidavit, videos obtained by the police showed uh, our dumb criminal using various utensils and items from the school to wipe his uh, private parts and his anus and testicles. He's also seen pleasuring himself and urinating on pillows and kitchen bowls and spraying bleach on cucumbers later served to students. And if that wasn't enough, our dumb criminal allegedly used multiple pieces of bread to wipe his buttocks and genitals before putting the bread back into the container 
to be later served to the children. Now our dumb criminal has worked for the uh, Deerfield School District since 2019, so I'm sure this is probably just the first time this has ever happened, right? I mean, if you got caught once, you get, it's been going on for a while. Well, needless to say, our dumb criminal is locked up in the detention center in advance of his next court appearance. Gross, ladies and gentlemen, gross. If you're going to be gross, ladies and gentlemen, just don't do it to anybody else because then it's criminal. Remember that. All right, thanks for watching. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you next time on Crime Talk. Crime Talk.